Erev. Today's daf is Tzadik Dalid. We have started Hagozel Eitzim, the last two prakim in the uh, Babakama Hagozel. Some call it Hagozel Kama, Hagozel Basra. And the Arbakzela is contrasted to the uh, seventh parak, which was about Geneva. And we've been focusing a lot, and we'll continue to focus today, on the aspects of Shinwe. And when something changes, um, um, it, uh, the Goslin takes possession of it. And uh, as yesterday, some people were noting, even after this year, that didn't, like, didn't we discuss this a while ago? And the answer is yes. There was, that was the whole parak about Geneva, and the seventh parak. So exactly why these prakim are different and why the conversations don't seem to be intersecting with one another, although they do seem to be parallel to one another, is definitely um, a good question. Uh, but with that in mind, um, the Mishnah talked about making a shinoi and that you take the Gazan takes possession, and the Gemara talked about two types of shinoi, one that can be reverted, one that can revert, can you can chozer libiyoso, and one that cannot, and uh, the question was that if one that can be chozer libiyoso, does that work even on a derisa plane, or does that work only rabbinically? Okay. Okay, so now we pick up where um, Amar Baye. Uh, no, uh, one minute. Uh, yes, where are we? Yeah. Um, Amar Baye, was that it? No, I think it was before that. No, it was before that. It was before that. Okay. Hashiye Shlomo, right. Oh, so we have a little to catch up. It's about 20 lines on the bottom. It's right before the little Aleph in parentheses. Okay, so we had a discussion about Rabbi Shimon that um, Rabbi Shimon said that, um, that uh, if you um, whiten uh, wool, whether that's considered to be a Kenyan or not. So there's a question here because, uh, what was it? Hold on. Okay, right. That the um, that the uh, our Mishnah says that uh, whitening it, or the Brightness says whitening it is a shinoi, and we have the question by Rashi Sagez, which said whitening it was not a shinoi. So which is it? So Rabbi said that there's a that's a debate of Rabbi Shimon and the Rabbanon because we have this question because Rabbi Shimon basically says that after you whiten something, um, it is a shinoi, and the Rabbanon say that it's not a shinoi. Okay, so now the Gemara continues with this. Rabbi Shimon One minute. How could Rabbi Shimon say whitening is a shinoi? That's the debate between Rabbi Shimon and the Rabbanon. The Rabbi Shimon says whitening is a shinoi, and the Rabbanon says it's not. I'm going to show you, Rabbi Shimon says that even coloring something, even dyeing something, is not, is, is not a shinoi. Libun have a shinoi? So how could he be saying in this case there by the Rashi's Agaze that whitening is? And here we have another case by Rashi's Agaze itself. You can't even say it's a difference based on the, uh, on the categories of halacha. Titania. Every sheep, as you're shearing it, you're uh, you're dyeing the wool. Rishon Rishon Every sheep, as you're shearing it, you're uh, you're you know spinning the wool. Rishon Rishon Varago. Every or as you're doing it, you're you're like weaving the wool. Amy Starif. So the fact that you've done something with the wool makes it that it's no that it's considered different, and it doesn't combine with the with the wool that you shear from the other sheep to to become the requisite amount to be obligated in giving the gift of the shearings to the Kohen. <laughs> Right. But here, anyway, we're talking about preventing it from being obligated as opposed to changing it after you've become obligated. Even after you've dyed it, it's still combined. So, how in one case of Rashi Sagez could Rabbi Shimon say that if you whiten it, it's, it's, it's a shinoi and it doesn't combine? And by dyeing it, he says it does combine. Like, it seems it makes it to be the 
exact opposite. Dying here, you add something. Why not? You clean it, you beat it, or whatever. Maybe we discussed adding sulfur, but how could that be? So the Gemara says, Amar Bai, Lokasha. There's a debate what Reb Shimon's position is. I mean, it is a Kasha. But the point is fine, they're contradictory positions. They're two traditions, what Rabbi Shimon said. No, actually, the rabbis who argue about whitening and say, do not argue with the rabbis of Reb Shimon ben Yehuda when it comes to dying. Why is that? Yes, actually, dying is less of a shinui than whitening, especially if you think of whitening as bleaching. The Gemara discussed the use of sulfur before about whitening. I don't know if sulfur has the same effect. I don't know exactly how bleach works. But anyway, right, if you dye something a color, maybe you can, the thing that can remove the color. It's an additive. So, sorry, he's shaking his head. Anyway, the Gemara says it's quite possible that there's a debate of Reb Shimon the Rabbanon if whitening is a shinui, but even, Reb Sh- but even if whitening is, is a shinui, dyeing it would not be a shinui. Okay? Uh, wh- what? Bleach will remove the color. Right. Yes, Charlie, what do you want to say? Yeah, some dyes actually are really permanent. Some are. Including the most important one they Tur- had back in those times. Kali Yulan? Turmeric. Yeah, we're going to get to Kali Yulan. That the government knows is permanent. We're going to get to that. Okay, anyway, so yes, ironically, it's possible that dying something is less of a shinoi than white. Shinoi Mara, then? You still wouldn't be? No, but Chosuli Biyaso is the point here. Yes, it does look different, but it's... So what? So is turning something into a garment. But the fact that you completely undo my afghan and turn it into yarn, that's the Kiddush of the Gemara. The Chose, even if something changes substantially, and even if undoing it would require a lot of effort, it still might be considered a Shinoi HaChoser Libyaso. It doesn't mean necessarily... Not all Shinoi Shames are Choser Libyaso. If I'm Maktish something, it's not, oh, I guess you go to a Chacham and get a Hector, so that's an interesting question. So you're right. Part of the Kiddush here is, and maybe the answer would be Anachinami, part of the Kiddush of Choser Libyaso is not that it be trivially reverted. Is that even if it has a significant change and requires significant effort to refer to it, that's part of the Chiddush of this Gemara that maybe it's still considered Chosel would be also. Okay, so the Gemara says, all right, so, um, but how about the fact there that they were only debating the whitening, but it sounded like everybody agreed that if you dyed it, it would be a Shino and you'd be exempt. That would be Bekala Elon, that's as Charlie said, that's a special dye of Kala Elon, which is like a Tcheles cover, color, the low of that that is something that cannot be, that, that cannot be taken off. Okay, so therefore, yes, there are things, it's possible that whitening is a more permanent shinui than most types of dyeing. Okay, but it is important that the big chiddush of this Gemara is, again, that Choser would be also, the fact could be reverted, could be with a lot of effort and after significant change, that it now is it's something different. Nevertheless, the fact that it's possible, hypothetically, to revert it might be enough to make it in a weaker category. Okay, now the Gemara says like this, Amar Bayi, so Abai is a common thing Abai does is he groups together different Tanaim in different places that all reflect a similar type of an approach. Okay, so he says all of these different Tanaim, um, they all have the opinion that that this is the opposite of Shinoi Kone, Shinoi takes possession, it's Shinoi Bimkomo Omeid, stands in its place. Now, there's an importance why he doesn't say Shinoi Eino Kone. Because Shinoi Eino Kone is a, is, would only be relevant to a discussion of Gnev and Gaze, 
Mela. Does the Ghan of a Gazan take possession? Abaye, because he's cutting across categories, is going to show you cases that have nothing to do with taking possession of it. Okay, but the question is not after it's changed, do I take possession of it? The question is after it's changed, do I consider it to be the same object or a different object? Okay, the, this is like, you know, the perseverance of identity. So, Shinu bin Koma Omeg means even when something undergoes changes, it still is the same object. Now, the question is how radical are those changes? You know, it's like the, the gelatin question. Well, no, but uh, the gelatin question, you know, let's say you completely pulverize something, you know, and you, you know, you reduced it like in a laboratory and you completely, like at what point, you know, at a certain point, something does, okay? But, you know, but, but, but when you have these certain types of changes we're talking about, okay, the position is basically, even as things change, I fundamentally see them as the same thing. Okay, that's all these tonight of that opinion. So let's take a look. Um, Reb Shimon Yehuda, what we just said, that that was the case of, uh, according to Reb Shimon, that he was saying that even if you dye it, it is, not, it is the same thing. Now, Tosa says, you know, again, that's really a question not of whether he, it's really a question of degree, because the same Reb Shimon Yehuda in the, in the, in the Breita spoke about weaving it and, you know, and, and spinning it and all those other types of things where he would say you're cone, where he would say it's a different thing. So, so, and this is pointed out by a lot of Rishani, that when Abai says like, Kulu Sviruluhu, he doesn't mean they're the exact same position. So even if this position technically believes that Shinoi, you know, is Kona, Shinoi can be different, he just has a very high threshold for what's considered to be a Shinoi, okay, but he's putting it in the same group. So all of these people either in principle hold nothing ever changes after Shinoi, or what they need to define something as a Shinoi is a very high threshold. So Shimon Yehuda we just discussed about dyeing the wool. Um, Beit Shammai Mahi, what's Beit Shammai? And this is something that you might, you might remember from when we did uh, Meruba. Zitani, we turn to Brisa. Nazan lachitim bet nana. Somebody gives a prostitute um, uh, uh, wheat um, as her payment. That's what the Etnan is. And the Torah says you cannot bring the payment of a prostitute as a korban. Okay, so, you're, so there's no such thing as a wheat korban, but now you want to grind it, grind it and make it into flour and make it into a mincha. Can you bring that as a korban? Fasan Solek, she turned it into flour. Zaysim, or you gave her uh, uh, olives. Vasan Shemen, she turned it into oil. Anavanasan grapes, and she turned it into wine. Tanichara Aser, it's still forbidden to be offered on the Mizbeach. The Tani Ida, and the other brothers said, Mutter, it's permissible. From Rabbi Yosef, Tani Gurian, so Rabbi Yosef says, Gurian from the Asporak, from Asporak teaches the following that it's a debate of Beit Hill, Beit Shammai. It is just a Mizbeach, you can always dedicate it. I know. Right. right. But exactly. It's all a Mizbeach. So it's a debate of Beit Hill, Beit Shammai. My time is Beit Shammai. What's the reason that Beit Shammai says that even after she's changed it, she can't offer it as a korban? It's not the same thing. No, because I'm a Krah. They are both an abomination to God. So the, so the Gam... Both, why does it just say Shnehem? So that's Lerabot Shinu Yehem. And it's a little play of the words. Shnehem Shinu Yehem. So therefore, even after they've changed, it still is the same thing. Now, of course, you could say if he needed a Pasuk, maybe it's a special halacha that applies here. Maybe it's not a general position. Okay? But nevertheless, at least here he holds that even after it's changed, it's still the same thing. Ubitil Amar, Ubitil Amar, Ubitil Amar, 
Gam Shneihem, they, they. So they means only them. The Lo Shinu Yehem, okay? And not the way, in, if they've changed into something else, they're not a problem. You can bring them as a Korban. What does he do with the Hem part of the word? Shneihem. No, they, but not their, not their offspring. If you give her a sheep and it gives birth to a, ba- to a baby lamb, that can be brought. That's, that is something different. Um, no, Hem, you learn both things. Hem, not a different form that it takes. Hem, and not a descendant of them. Okay, that it only applies to the thing itself. Okay, fine, so it's very exacting. Only the thing itself is forbidden, nothing else. So what's the purpose of the word Gam? Gam is even, though in addition it seems to be broadening the category. That's just fine. Gam with Beitilo Kasha, that word is difficult for Beitilo. Um, okay, so of course was always Nachum Ish Gamzu. Okay, <laughs> well, whose teacher was he? He was Hillel's teacher? Who's Nachum Ish Gamzu's teacher? Wasn't he? Charlie's going to find out. That would be funny. Okay, anyway, so the word says like this. Rebbe Lezeb and Yaakov, Mahi, what's the Rebbe Lezeb and Yaakov that says that even after a Shinoi, something is basically the same? To time, we tell in the Bryce, Rebbe Lezeb and Yaakov, Omer, Hareshagazel Sa'ashachitim. Somebody stole a, you know, whatever, a unit, some type of a measure of wheat. Ground it, kneaded it, and baked it. Separated challah. Tofu doesn't want to know why you didn't take the challah before you baked it. Um, How can this person make the bracha? Now, is he talking about the bracha on hafashas challah or the bracha of hamotzi? But either way, in such a case, this would not be a bracha to God, this would be a blaspheming. Okay? Here you are, you're trying to praise God uh, based on some uh, act of, ultimately of some, of some theft of yours. So it, it works better, by the way, if it is challah rather than if it's, if, if it's birchas hanenin. I mean, I guess you could say birchas hanenin because birchas hanenin is understood like, like by recognizing that this is all God's, we're allowed to derive benefit from it. And here, you know, you're, uh, you know, you're not, you're, 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 you're not, well, besides that God said not to steal, but that also that it's like the whole idea of Birch is this allows me to derive benefit. Uh, you know, I am now, it's now acceptable for me to be Nene because now it is mine. But ultimately, it's Dafka, not yours. You don't have a, any right to it. But it works better if it's the Chala Bracha because, you know, the Chala is, this is my thing and I'm now giving of mine as a gift to God. Right? A, a first separating of the dough to God. And here it's like, how do you think that this is giving something off to, something to God? You know, this is ultimately something that you stole. That's an act I was going to compare it. It's like a classic, you know, you know, mitzvah there in the sense of a gezel of a korban. You steal a korban, you think you're going to offer it up, you steal flat, you know, dough, and you think you're going to give it as a gift to God through the challah. Although it is interesting that it emphasizes the bracha, you know, the words are a curse, not necessarily yeah, just the act. Yeah, Rabbi that's, Dove. That's precisely the interplay between the previous example. The previous example, it's interesting, it doesn't say menayits with the prostitute. Right. There's an issue of a korban. Right. Definitely an issue of hanor. Right. Right. So in other words, there's a, one leads into the other. It's sort of playful. Right, right. I mean, you definitely have the wheat that's been transport, transformed in some type of a gift to God. Yes, Charlie? Nachum used to do with Rabbi Akiva. Oh, Rabbi Akiva's teacher. That's right. Okay, so it didn't work. Okay, yes. Yeah, so how come we're not... Right. We are going to. All the possible differences, we are going to. No, okay. mean above. We didn't mention it. You know, above. W- what above? Yeah, that's on, that's on 
you know, Chitin has not sold it. What are you talking about? What, what didn't we mention? The Menaite idea? Yeah. Um, well, first of all, this is his Rashi. He happened to be talking about this. Maybe he would say the same about the same. But this, but that's different. There was something she received, and it's not a question about theft and not belonging. No, no, but right? you have I understand it's a problem about a stick. I understand, but it's a different point. I understand, but it's different. Also, he's talking about a bracha and the words of a bracha being a curse. Anyway, he has a drasha based on a pasuk. Okay? So, regarding this, it said, the one who breaks bread and blesses, botseya could mean betza, like, you know, like ill-gotten gain, okay, who's blessing. It's a play on words, but also you're botseya on sehalechem. So it's the bread that you stole that's ill-gotten, okay, and your blessing, that person's blessing is a cursing of God. That's so that makes it sound like, that makes it sound like a tamosi, right. Okay. Reb Shimon Lezer Mahi, what's Reb Shimon Lezer? Anyway, the point is, why is it a problem? It's something different. Look at all the Shino he did. Nope, doesn't matter. Still the same object. Of course, there's reasons to say that's a little bit of a different case. But anyway, the Gemara will get to that. Reb Shimon Lezer Mahi, Titania. Klaus Emmer Reb Shimon Lezer. Kosh Shevach, now we're getting back to our Geneva and Gzela case. Kosh Shevach, Shishviach Gazlan, Yadow Al Yonah. Any improvement that the Gazan makes in the object he stole, he has the upper hand. He gets to decide. Okay, what's a note If he wants, he can get paid for, he can take his improvement. Okay, so if he basically, I don't know, you know, uh, stole, uh, um, I mean, I guess if he um, got the cow, fattened the cow, that'd be a good example. He fattened the cow, he gets to take back, maybe get paid for the amount that he improved it. Okay, which is a fascinating idea. Why? If it's not a shinin, the owner still owns it or whatever. Okay, he wants, he can say, here, it's yours, take it. So the Gemara says, my comma, what are you talking about? Those are two separate cases. The case he would want to say, it's yours, take it back, is when it's not worth more. Right. Whereas he wants to take what it's worth, what's worth, worth when it is worth more. What, what, what does that sentence mean? So the Gemara says, so my comma, this is what he means. Hishpicha, it means either or. It doesn't mean the same case. Hishpicha, if he improved it, he can take the improvement. If it got worse, the shinoi bin kama omed. That so we're not going to focus on the why does he get to take back the sheva. We will we'll ask that in a second. We're first going to focus on the second part. The fact that he can. It seems like he's saying you can always say seems to say that the principle is shinoi bin kama. I mean, why don't you distinguish what type of cases can you say It sounds like you can blanket say it. It's always the same object. Yes. So there's a great entrepreneurial incentive to steal, right? You can steal an item. Right. Right. I know. There's like no disincentive according to Allah. I mean, no, uh, if you're not afraid about how God will punish you or you're standing in society, there's no, there, there is no real legal incentive not to seal. And even if you're caught by Gzeo, you just have to give it back. Right? Uh, no, that's only if you're Nishpa. Right? And you take a dose. If you basically, if you're not a Ghana, if you're just a Goslin, okay, and you're upfront about it or whatever, you, you know, the worst that can happen is you have to pay it back. I mean, you know, you see, how God will punish you is a different story. But yeah, that's a big problem. Anyway, so the Gemara says like this. Um, so the fact that he says you can always say shows like we, that it's always considered the same object. So, Yihari says the Gemara, even if it improves, it's the same object, you should have to give it back. So, no, no, no. That's to make it easier for people to do tshuva. So the guy says, look, I mean, I've been spending this last year fattening this cow, costed me all this, mo- cost me all this money, now I'm going to have to give it back to the owner? It's easier not to give it back to the owner. 
So to incentivize people to return the objects, and maybe as we pointed out, like there's always, what's the incentive to return anyway? You know, but uh, I guess if there's no fine, you know, at least there won't, you know, maybe just your, your own conscience is your incentive. Anyway, we have to make it easier, and therefore you get to actually get paid back for the amount that you improved it. Okay, which is really shocking. We're going to continue today in a bit, in a while to talk about the connoisseur shavim. Okay, so basically the object's always the same. The owner always, you can always give it back to the owner. The owner always has a right to take it back. But if you improved it to make it not that that shouldn't be an obstacle for you to return it, we are going to get able to be compensated for the amount that you improved it. Okay. okay? Exactly. The agent will go and say, all right, you have to pay him or is only the guy going to ask? Um, what do you, uh, that's a good question. I don't know. It's a good question. One of the parameters. We're going to see in a minute when we get to the Shavim that it's going to seem like the basin was very proactive in Takana Sashavim. So we'll see about that. Rabbi Shmel, Mahi, what's Rabbi Shmel at the time? We turn to Brisa. Mitzvah's Peah, the idea of leaving the corner of the field, to set it aside from the standing grain. Um, if you didn't set it aside from the standing grain, even after you've made it into sheaves. If, you've, if you didn't separate it when, it when the wheat had been turned into sheaves, like you didn't leave, like then it's not a corner of the field, but it's like, you know, you leave over some sheaves. If you didn't do that, after you've uh, sort of, you know, uh, threshed the grain and you've made it now into this mound of, uh, you know, this mound of grain, you removed it from the, uh, you know, from the stalks, um, then you can also leave a little bit over as now make up a payah. Obviously, it's certainly not a corner of the field at this stage. Um, until you have not done the meiruach. The meiruach is the smoothing of the Cree, and the meiruach means that you become obligated in trumas and maestros. And the importance here is the following, that all the gifts to the poor are exempt from trumas and maestros. So, if you give it any stage before meiruach, the poor can take it and remain exempt from trumas and maestros, like he would have been when he took it when it was standing wheat. After you did the meiruach, the smoothing, that creates the, the obligation of the grain now must have trumas and maestros taken from it. So, even if you give it to the poor, it, since it's reached this level of processing, it's obligated in Trumas and Maestros. That's not fair not to the poor. Normally their gifts wouldn't have had that, ha- they wouldn't have had to do that, and now they have to do that. So here's what's going to happen. Okay, um, Mircho, um, if you already did the smoothing, then Ma'asir Venotimo. First you do the Trumas and Maestros, and then you give it to him. So what he's getting is free from Trumas and Maestros. Now, Rabbi Shmuel Amru, and Mishum Rabbi Shmuel Amru, in the name of Rabbi Shmuel, they said, Even after it's turned into dough, you give the poor person payah. So until that point, you could say it's not a real shinoi, okay? It's still, I mean, the Iker thing that, you know, I mean, the wheat was standing and now it's cut, but the real thing that the poor is getting is he's getting the grain. And the grain, until that point, fundamentally, like it's been taken out of its container, as it were, but it hasn't really transformed. But Rabbi Shmuel says, even if it's been made into flour and into dough, you still have to give it, so you see, it's still considered to be the same thing for Rabbi Shmuel. Okay, um... So, um, but if you um, it not, what? But if you baked it, I don't know. I'm going to Rabbi Abayi. So, Rabbi said to Abayi, I don't understand. You think these are all saying the basic same position? So, all of a sudden, all these Tanayim hold like Beit Shammai? Okay? So, which basically means like he's skeptical that they really all, would all agree with one another. Maybe everyone is unique to their own case. Really? Everybody holds like Beit Shammai here? I'm like, Hachikami, this is what I'm saying. This is what they would say. No, they'd claim it wasn't a debate of Beit Shammai. They'd claim that everybody held like them. That this is true, that even after something changes, it's still the same identity. So now the Gemara is going to poke holes in this. I'm a Rava. Rava said, Mimai, 
What makes you think they're all holding the same thing? Why does Rabbi Shimon say dying is not a shinoi? That's only the specific case of dying. It's not like he doesn't hold to the principle. It's just it doesn't apply in that case. Because it could be, the die could be, you know, taken out by a type of a uh, die removal. Um, so it's a revertible shinoi. Beit Shammai only says that they are by the uh, gift to the, uh, the Esnan. Gavoa. That's a special halacha about something that was going to be offered as a korban. Mishum de'inis, because then it's become like, you know, it's disgusting that this uh, it was used in this way. So therefore, the, we'll, we'll see the continuity of identity in, a, you know, in, in different ways than we would see it in other halachot. Okay? Because we have higher standards when it's about bringing something as a korban. The Adkan will come Rebbe Yezer ben Yaakov Hassam. And when Rebbe Yezer ben Yaakov says that that's a, that's a, that's a, a you know, a, a, not a bracha, but like a, a blaspheming, um, Elian bracha, because of a bracha. Now, you could have said the same idea. It's like a korban, right? Something that's a bracha, it's a religious act that you're doing with it, or, and so on. It has a higher standard. But he now introduces a new way, not just saying the bracha, make that like a korban, or make challah like a korban. He says the following thing, Mishum dahavile mitzvah babi Ah, which is because, and that's, you know, so that's not a bracha anymore. That's, that, and that seems to be evoking the challah aspect of it, not the bracha aspect of it. But the point being that when you're dealing with things like brachas and mitzvahs and so on, if they come as a result of a sin, it maybe has nothing to, you know, it's a different standard. We could sort of say it's like the Korban standard, higher standards. You could also say that maybe it's not about the object. Like the phrase mitzvah habab avera, right, could sound like the mitzvah was enabled through a sin. So the mitzvah was enabled through a sin. We don't have to say that the bread is the same, is the same object that you stole. That's the whole question of mitzvah habab avera. Is it invalidating the object to be used? A stolen lulav is a puzzle lulav. A stolen Korban is a like the Esnan, something given as a gift to a prostitute is, is stigmatized, you know, is, is tainted and can't be used. Or is Mitzvah about the process? A mitzvah that was enabled through a sin is not a legitimate mitzvah. Okay, so that's another way of saying. So who cares if it's a shinoi? It's still about we was enabled through a sin. No, but the retains its No, that's why Rabbi's pushing no. back. You don't have to say the object retains its identity. Exactly. It could be a different object, but the mitzvah was still enabled through a sin. Okay, the odd kind of corruption and Eliezer Hassam and how about Rebbe Eliezer when he says if it got weak you can return it who says he's talking about every change he talked about if it got sinner that's getting sinner that can revert itself by the way not only would you have to say it could revert itself you could just say it doesn't change its identity right remember Toso said even if you like uh, you know uh, smooth, plain wood and smooth out stones and car- if it still is called the same thing then it's still that's not a shinoi a shinoi has starts by us giving it a different label. So a thinner cow doesn't exactly have a different label than a fatter cow. Okay? So anyway, um, so the Gemara says, but because it could be reverted. And why did Rabbi Shmuel say you gave peya even after it's changed? Elin peya, that's a special peya lacha. Mishum dechsiv, the verse says, ta'azov, it says, and multiple times, as the Pusuk say, by these agricultural gifts to the poor, ta'azov, ta'azov, ta'azov. So it says it an extra time, Tera, to tell you that even after your obligation should have ceased, because it's now changed, you still have to give it.
Okay, the Chitamer Ligmer Minei. Okay, why don't we use that as a principle to learn from, right? I mean, the other things you explained why they were, you know, very different, like things to God, things as a mitzvahs. But this is like, a, like more like a question of ownership, right? You know, it's, a, it's something the poor owns. So if you still see, you still have to give them what they own, be, even after you've changed it. So maybe that should be a general principle, even for like Gizela, that even after something is changed, it still belongs to the owner. That there it is a more complex the idea of the poor and the question of ownership. Why don't we learn from that? No, maybe still it's a special thing for gifts to the poor and it is not a general halacha. Um, can I buy Reb Yonasan? Like Reb Yonasan asked, to buy Reb Yonasan one minute. Reb Yonasan asked, my um, time is Rabbi Shmuel. What's the reason of Rabbi Shmuel that he says you have to give it even after you turned it into 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 flour into uh, dough? Mishum to kasavah shinei in a kona. Does he hold that shinei is does not kona? Notice by the way this language switched from shinei being koma ome to shinei in a kona because when you're dealing with gifts to the poor, you are dealing with more of a question of ownership. Okay, so is it because you feel that shinei does not change ownership and therefore it's still the poor still have rights to it? Odiyama or does he hold the ama kasavah shinei? Really, Shini does work. It's a special exception by the gifts to the poor because it says an extra time you should leave it. Now, one minute. If you think that Rabbi Shmuel's reason is that Shino is, is, as a rule, is not Kona, so if he held it as a universal principle, why would he need the extra Tazav? Of course, you could say he learns it as an, as a universal principle from the fact that the Torah says Tazav. But nevertheless, the Gemara says the two. The Rabbanan Tazav Yisair the Chazav Rachman Alamli. For the Rabbanan who hold that you're not obligated to give it after you've turned it into dough. What do they do with the fact that the Torah repeats the word Tazav? It is Kone after the Shinoi. It is Kone after the Shinoi. What? Repeated again. What? repeated again. I Rashi quoted many times in the Torah it says Tazav by the same Achanasaniim. Different Pesukim, not one Pasuk. Okay, so the Gemara says like we turn a Brisa. If you basically announced, oh, my vineyard is uh, Hefker. Anybody can come and take it. Of course, you said that at 1 a.m. in the morning. Okay? So that nobody was, nobody was able to act on it. And then you woke up in the morning and you harvested it. Okay? So it was Hefker for a few hours. It doesn't exempt you. The fact that it was Hefker for a brief period of time does not exempt you from any of the gifts to the poor. Okay? Parrot and Ololot are certain types of unformed grapes that are left to the poor and things that you forget in the corner and you're exempt from Maser there's a halacha Maser is also if something is Hefker it's exempt from Maser so if it, even if it was only Hefker for a few hours that exempts it from Maser but not the gifts to the poor which why you see that the poor's rights to it are, you know, are, are, are greater you know, are more you know, persistent than other things that's the extra tazov even though it was Hefker for a few hours and in other areas that might exempt you it doesn't exempt you from gifts to the poor. So hefker is a shinui. No. Hefker is a The Hefker is the status that it goes to the poor. That, that, that Hefker gets you out of obligations of Trumas and Maestras, but it doesn't get you out of obligations of Matanus and because of the extra Tasov. Okay? So, Upadzmi the Maestras. So, therefore, an, you have to give the, the payah, the Matanus to the poor, even in cases where you wouldn't have to give it in other parallel circumstances by other things. So, that's certainly true in the case of if it was Hefker for a few hours. By Maisha you get off your obligation, but not by your gifts to the poor. What about after it changed? So there, the, Rabbi Shmuel says, there also I say, even after it 
changed, even if in other areas you would be conan, it would be a different thing. By the gift to the poor, you still have to give it. And the Rabbanu say, no, if it's physically changed, you don't have to give it even as a gift to the poor. Yes? There's another difference between these. So these mitzvot take effect much earlier than, say, Meister Ani. Okay. I haven't mentioned Meister Ani. It might be possible that Meister Ani is different. Oh, you mean when we say the Taz of Yisera, yeah, no, that's a good point. These, when I say gifts to the Lord, I'm being a little generic, you know, pay a lecha, chikha, etc. You're right. It's not the Maser. The Maser Ani, which is only given two out of every seven years, that would be treated as standard Maser, right? These are the specific right. things that are left to the poor. That's what the word Tazov. It doesn't say Tazov by Maser Ani. Tazov means you leave it in the field, right? So you're exactly right. It's those types of things. Okay, so now the commercial is like this. So we have all these positions that you could sort of say, oh, it looks like they're all saying that Shino doesn't make a difference, but when you get down to it, they might be seeking very locally about their specific cases. Okay, so now the Gemara says like this. I'm going to review it, I'm Shmuel. Um, we rule like Rib Shimon Elezer. Now we're going way back to the whole case about the dying of the wool. Okay, so Shimon Elezer says that even after you dye the wool, it's not a Shinoi. Okay? Now, again, does that mean in principle he doesn't hold a Shinoi, or he just has a high threshold of what defines Shinoi? The Gemara now thinks for a moment that it means in principle he doesn't hold a Shinoi. Does Shmuel really say that a Shinoi isn't Kona? Anybody remember that line of Shmuel? Which is the animal dies, and you know, my animal, if the animal fell in the well, do I pay, do I take the whole, the dead carcass, it was my well, and pay you for the whole animal? Or is it your carcass and I pay the difference? So that's a question of Shaman. You assess the damages. So Shmuel says you only assess the damages in a case of damaging, of, uh, you know, my well, my fire. I physically broke something then it's your object and I pay you for the difference okay but if it is a case of a Ghanav and a Goslin okay when I take steal the object I become liable in the entire amount so if therefore we don't have to ask the question about you know about what's the sort of um, you know cost of the difference etc because it's um, wait a minute am I saying this right um, hold on yes I am saying it right one minute Right, right. If it dies, right, if it just gets weaker. If the animal dies, if I steal your cow and the animal dies, then I then then, then it's then it's a shinoikone. It becomes my cow. And therefore I have to go ahead. So if I damage your object there's never shinikone. It was your object, and now it's now it's broken and it's dead and whatever. And I pay you the difference. But if I steal it and it dies, then it's shinikone, and I pay you for the whole animal. You don't have to assess the difference. I pay you for the whole animal. Okay. So You don't assess the difference only for case of nizik and damages, but for case of ganav and gazin, it's a shinoi, and you pay for the whole animal. So be so. How does that work? If Shmuel's also poskening like with Shimon Yehuda about the case of dying, the dying, the wool, a different type of dying, dying the wool, you're not, you're, you're not Konez. So the Gemara says like this, Be shame of the Rava, it works according to Rava, Damar, Kitam, Reb Shimon, Lezer, Hasem, Bechasha, I'm sorry, that's not Reb Shimon, Lezer, that's not the, there was Reb Shimon, oh, that was Reb Shimon, Yehuda, I'm mistaken, my mistake, my mistake, not the dying of the wool. This is even a more similar case. This is Reb Shimon, Lezer, about stealing the animal and getting weaker, and he says, you could say, So that Gemara thinks that's similar to the case of stealing an animal and it's dying. So why is it that Shmuel could possibly, that if you steal the animal and it gets thinner, you could return it, but if you steal it and it dies, you're Kone. So according to Rav, it makes sense. There's a big difference between it getting thinner and between it dying. He's only saying it about getting thinner. That's something that could revert. 
kasha. That's not difficult. When does Shmuel say we rule like Shmuel Lezer? Does Shinu being Koma Omed that a Shinoi does not does not make you own it? If it can be reverted again, I don't know why it's just doesn't even say that there's not a Shinoi Hashem there. Anyway, Vechikam much more Hashem. And when does Shmuel say that you actually do own the object and you have to pay its full value? You know, ain't Shamin Lo Lugan Lo Lugazan Lo Nazikin, but Hashem Lo Adar. Some type of a of a change like it died or it broke a leg that it's not going to get better. And if it's not going to get better, then you are toning it. Okay, fine. It's not a problem. If Shimon has a position within a limited case of Shinoi. But Abai said that Shimon rejects the whole position of Shinoi Kona. But he said that doesn't matter what happens to the object. You can always return it. Right? That's what Abai's read. That he in principle holds Shinoi does nothing. So if that's true, how could Shmuel Paskin like Shimon Lezer and Paskin ain't Shaman? Michael and Amar, how do you reconcile the two Psakim of Shmuel? So Abai, so Abai Masni Hachi. So Abai teaches the following way. I'm reviewed on Shmuel. Review the name of Shmuel. Amru. There are those that say that Allah Rab Shimon Lezer, that we rule like Rab Shimon Lezer. So they look fairly, but that's not really Shmuel's position. Okay? So basically, he completely changes the quote. It's not that Rab Shmuel Paskin's like Rab Shimon Yehuda. argues on those who Paskin like, like, you know, Rab Shimon Lezer. All right. Anyway, clearly, it makes much more sense to read this like Abaye, like Rava, that um, people are not arguing the principle that an object can change its identity. The question is, what degree of change is needed? Maybe in certain categories of halacha, there are special exceptions to the rules. But in principle, nobody is coming with a blanket idea that Shinui doesn't mean anything. Okay. From a biblical perspective, so after just complete saying what I just said, right, that it sounds like everybody in principle agrees to it, now we have a statement in the name of, or certainly bracketing Abaye, now we have a statement in the name of Rabbi Yochanan that says, no, actually, biblically speaking, everybody agrees that even after change it would go back. Okay? So, return the object that you stole, regardless. Now, it's very funny. The Gemara reads Asher Gazal in two completely opposite ways. Asher Gazal means Asher Gazal if it is in the state it was when you stole it. So exactly to tell you that if it's changed, you don't have to return it. And here we're reading it in the exact opposite way. Return what you stole. Whatever, whatever condition it's in now, return that object. Okay? I don't care what's happened to it. Return that object. Okay? So Rabbi Yochanan is saying, now who knows? Maybe we would say in other cases, Shinri does matter. Maybe he's saying that Geneva, like we said before, about like we said about, about the case of Tazo Yisera. I don't know what I don't know what Shinui is in other cases in the, in the Torah, but by Gezeira, from the Torah's perspective, you got to return it regardless of the state that it's in. Now again, is that a Kula or a Chumra? Right? Does that mean that even if it's dead, I can say Haresha Chalfanecha? Or does that mean even if now it's a much better object, I still have to, and, different, and I made it into a whole, I stole your lumber and I built it into a whole house, you now take title of the house. Right? It could be a Kula or a Chumra. But he is saying, whatever the Halacha is in general, the building is saying, we'll get to the, the, the Halacha in the Mishnah, which clearly recognizes Shinoi, but from the Torah's perspective, by Gzela, you always return it. So one yeah. thing we haven't mentioned at all is, is uh, Yehosh. 
so. Correct. Yesh is written really not a conversation by Shino. Yesh is a conversation about maybe by Shino Shem, not Shino Yimasa. Okay, let's not worry about it. Okay, so, Shenemar, Rejivet, Gzela, Shekazami, Kovakom. Fiintomer, Mishnah, Seinu, what about our Mishnah? Our Mishnah says, you know, you stole wood and you made it into a, into a instrument, you have to return it. Um, so, no. Mishum, Takanos HaShavim, remember Takanos HaShavim we said before? So here, he says, Takanos HaShavim is the only reason why you find in rabbinic literature the idea that Shinoi means the Ghan of King, or Ghazan can keep it. It's all a Durabanan Halacha to make, go easy on the Ghanav. Okay, because, and that's cases when your Shinoi made it better. You stole wood and turned it into a table and a chair. I'm not, whatever, now I'm going to have to return this gorgeous table. I just made this gorgeous table here out of the wood I stole. I'm going to have to return Forget it. I'm not returning well, that. Okay. <laughs> well, right. No, but forget it. Yeah. So, so, the, so that we'll get to that in a minute. So, uh, anyway, so he basically says that all the halachas of Shinoi Kona are to make it easier for a goslin to do tshuva. Or to, not, we don't, not, not necessarily we care about the guy's, you know, him and God and whether, you know, you know, his personal sort of tshuva, but we want the object back. You know, ultimately it's for the society, benefit of society. To come as I should, I should make a point, right? It's not, it's not, it, 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 it is not, you know, you have to sacrifice your interests in order to let this guy do tshuva. No, no, no. It's in everybody's benefit to let him, you know, to do this because that'll actually get, you know, get you to, you know, compensate it. It'll get him to come forward and get you compensated. Yes. So just say, like, really concretely, so you stole a hundred dollars worth of lumber. Right. And you made a table now worth a thousand dollars. Right. According to the Torah, you should have to give the, the original owner the toll table. Right. And According the Chachamim, the, you get to keep the table and you just pay him for the lumber. Uh, you pay him how much money? A hundred dollars. Well, the time was worth the shavach of the nine hundred. Exactly. It's a great Exactly. Okay. So now, okay. But anyway, this is a really a shocking idea. He says we've just talked about specific cases that the Torah explicitly says I don't care about a shinoi. They also the Torah really says I don't care about a shinoi. Return it anyway. But the chachamim say we're going to have to change that. Change that. Ha ha. We're going to have to say that after it's changed, okay, the gazan gets to keep it and he only has to pay back the money. Okay, really says that. We were like a star mission of not, and we taught in the Mishnah. You did not have a chance, again, this is the case of the Rashid gaze to give it to the Kohen until you died it. Patur, you're exempt. Now, why is that a problem? Because that shows you that that's not a question of Takanas for Shavim. It's my wool. I dyed my wool. It's a question of my obligation in Rashid gaze to the Kohen. And we're recognizing a Shinoi. Okay? So, how are we recognizing? So, there, there it says that the Torah recognizes a Shinoi by Rashid gaze. It gets me out of my obligation. So, why shouldn't it recognize? Recognize it by Gzela. Now again, you could say maybe Gzela is an exception, okay? But does, but at least we see that in principle, in other places, the Torah recognizes a Shinoi. How could you say it doesn't recognize a Shinoi here? So Amr Lehu, Ahomer Bana, and Rabbi Yaakov, one of the rabbis, and his name was Rabbi Yaakov, said, "Lididim um, No, no, no. Rabbi Yochanan never said anything that radical. Sure, of course, Rabbi Yochanan agrees that the Torah recognizes a Shinoi, and if you went down and you took lumber and you banged it and you, and you know and you took wood and nails and whatever and you turned it into a table of course from, from the Torah you don't have to give it back what he means 
means that from the Torah you would have to give it back, and the rabbis say you wouldn't, is what we talked about yesterday. A shinui that's choser libriyaso. You stole a type of a thing and you made, you made, you know, you put pieces of wood together without using one nail and you just fitted them together in a way that you could take it apart. Okay, so in a way that's revertible, that he says, according to the Torah, you're not kona, but the Chachamim say you're kona in order for Takanas Hashavim. Okay, but of course, a real shinui, that we're not going to debate. That, even according to the Torah, the Torah recognizes and that you own. Okay? So now we have a full shinoi. Where are we now? We have a full shinoi that's a radical change, not chose libriyaso, etc., where it sounds like, you know, everybody holds in principle that's kona, although you have some cases where there might be some, like, exceptions in certain local cases, like, uh, you know, Tazov Yaseira or Esnan or, or Mitzvah Avera. Okay? So that's like one, but in principle, every holds one. But then the question is, what constitutes a shinoi? People have different standards. Right? Is dying something if it could be removed by, is that considered Choser Libriaso? In general, if something has radically changed but it's Choser Libriaso, is that considered Shinu Doraisa, you know, yes, you know, not Doraisa but yes Dorabanan? You know, uh, you know, what, you know, so all these questions of exactly what the standard is. But here we've introduced a new idea of Takanas Hashavim. Meaning, yesterday we said that if it's Choser Libriaso, it works, it do, maybe it doesn't work Doraisa but it works Dorabanan. But we didn't say the reason was a Takana, right? We just said maybe that's like a classic case of the, of the rabbis expanding a Doraisa concept. But here Rabbi Yochanan is saying, no, 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 there's an active idea that you should have to return it. We don't recognize the Shinoi, but in order to, excuse me, that you, shh, where were it? Did I say that right? Yes. Yes. You, you should have to return it, but in order to make it easier for people, for to address a societal issue, we're going to allow you to own it, even though you should have to return it. But okay. Yeah, we're saying the same thing, though, in terms of you having it. It's right? basically is a is a, a but we're making a shinu derabanan because of the kanas hashavim, right? Tana rabanan hagazlanim umavli beribis. Now, uh, people that are professional gazlanim here, okay, it's not like you stole one thing. You're a gaz or you're a, somebody who lends with ribbis, Sheikh Ziru, if they return, the, they, they're trying to now, uh, you know, come forth and give back the stuff that the, the money, the interest they charge, the stuff that they stole, ain't the cobbling they had. You refuse to accept it. If you stole my so, car, they shouldn't get it back? If somebody is a professional Goslin, you should not take it back. Why not? Let's take a look. The Macabre man, and somebody who, who, who says, you know what? I know I was told not to take it back, but come on, it's my stuff. I want it back. The sages are not happy with you. Now, by the way, that's normally how that's explained. The sages are not, are not happy with you. Rashi says it means the, the spirit of wisdom, Ruach Chachma, does not dwell in your midst. Is not, you know, is, is not, it's very interesting Rashi on that. I just noticed it. Rashi says, if you look at Rashi, Rashi says, um, it's about eight lines down to the narrow lines. Okay? So, anyway. Uh, what? Oh, interesting. Okay. Um, so, uh, now, let's take a look. This seems completely bizarre. Okay? This isn't even with a Shinoi. Okay? This seems like in all cases. Amr, let's read a little. Amr Reb Yochanan. May Rebbe Nishus Mishnah Zo. This Mishnah was taught in the time of Rebbe. Tanya. A certain person wanted to do tshuva. His wife said to him, Reka, empty person.
person. Idiot. Imatos tshuva. If you come to do tshuva, a few avnedim shocha. We won't have anything left. Even your belt isn't yours. Everything we have here is stolen. So even if we lost the tshuva, so we didn't do tshuva. Both the shamru hagazlanim umalvei ribiot. Those that steal and and and, and lend in ribis sheichaziru ain't makabli man. You do not accept from makabli man. Ain't one minute. Ain't luchachonim nochei menu. Now, obviously, this means like what? Are you kidding me? Do you mean to tell me that you cannot take money back from Gazanim? And the Tosfos says, "Well, yom." Gazan comes to return money, and we take it back. So the Tosfos has two answers. One answer is this only applied to the door of Rebbe, and not to any future generations, not before and not after. Okay, that's all right. That's cute, but like it's still like it was still still seems to have been a crazy takana even to be made in the period of Rebbe. His other answer is it only applies to professionals. Meaning, now of course, you could say it's ironic. It is ironic, but if I steal one thing, of course, and I want to come to give it back, or even I stole a few things, you're going to take it from me. But the person for whom this case about right, so that type of a person, this is getting in the way of them, you know, it's like the consequence of the fact that we would accept it would make it impossible because they, they, they'd have to just clean out their entire bank account. Okay, so it's very, now of course the question is, does that mean you don't take the object back but you can get compensated? Right, because if, if you're not going to get compensated, besides that it's not fair to you, the question is, what? why do I care about the guy's tshuva? Okay, he did tshuva, but he did tshuva and he didn't return and he, and he didn't make good for one lousy thing. Right, so meaning, it's like, it's like besides that, I don't even care why, you know, is God going to give him, you know, tshuva for not having reverted it? It's like, why is it in a society's interest Right, we don't make takanas in, in in property issues so that it could be better for you and your, you know, b- between you and God. Right, we make it if we're, somebody else is going to have to give up their financial interest or whatever. It's because it's going to be better for society. What good is this person's tshuva going to be if nobody's getting compensated? Okay, so it's a really hard to understand this. But if it's only limited to the uh, the gemara in a, at the, in a minute is going to suggest it's only limited to the objects themselves. Compensation maybe or, or if they stole money as opposed to the objects or whatever okay we'll see in a minute in the, actually no, I think the Gemara does it in the reverse anyway but I think that that's an important question to ask which is who cares about the tshuva if nobody's being helped by his by, by it okay right but anyway but Tosos at least says other than saying it was only for that generation Tosos at least says that this at least is limited and it's completely consistent with the cases in the Gemara of somebody that is a professional where it would really stand in the way because then they'd become have to give up everything they own that's yes what it is so you know so because of that, I mean, well, well, so true. You know, we could have said, all right, so maybe just pay for it. You know, but it's, but that's a pot, but, but we're going to see because it's um, whether whether paying for it is the alternative or whether they don't give anything back. So let's take a look. Um, okay, Maysay, uh, I'll ask you on this. If their father left them money of ribis, and this is again presuming, according to that read of Tosfos, that their father was a malvei of ribis, so he left with them money that he had taken in interest. Even if they know that it was interest money. They don't have to return it to the person it was taken from. This is very much to low. So it is that they don't have to return it. The father would have to return it. So how does that work? If you said that the person who's mavied the ribbons doesn't return the money. So he must say no. Really the father doesn't have to return it. Which is crazy. You know why? Because even if there's a takana that's saying you should not receive it, to not be willing to say there's an obligation to return it. How radical we think the takana for is that we think that the brighter should not even say there's an obligation to return it. It seems like crazy. 
easy. Okay, anyway, but the dinhu davim nami enochai v'hachtir. The father doesn't have to after this takana. The hadik tani bedidhu, why does it say they don't have to return it? Mishum tukabayu limis nisefer, we want to teach the end of this case. Let's say the father had stolen a cow or a talus, or he had taken a cow or a talus as a payment for ribis. Or anything concrete. So there, they do have to return it, even though you don't have to return ribis. They do have to return this because uh, it's a disgrace to their father that people see them going around with the talus or the cow that they got because their father, you know, oh, that was the, the, the ribis cow that their father took. So there they do it to protect their father's, you know, pr- uh, honor. So therefore, Tanarei Biditu would also say by them that they don't have to return it. But actually, but, but in the case of them, but actually even the father himself wouldn't have to return it because of Takanas Hashavim. Now, by the way, I just want to pause for a moment, which is, this isn't really our focus, but say, this idea that the kids don't have to return something their father stole, okay, is really, might be, I mean, we're going to have a whole parak about it later, but it might be specifically about ribis. Because ribis is very funny. Ribis is something that I have a contractual obligation to pay you, right? But I, you aren't allowed to obligate me to pay you, or you transgressed by doing it. But when I actually pay you, is that money that you're now holding on to my money or your money? If you steal it, it's, your, it's my money that you've stolen. If I give it to you in ribbis payment, it might be your money that, that, that you transgressed, but still, it was, now at the end of the day, it still is legally your money. So that could be why the kids, that, that, that obligation to return ribbis might only be on the person who transgressed. If I steal, and I have an object that, you know, if somebody steals and they have an object that doesn't belong to them and they die, of course the kids have an obligation to return it. It's, right? It's not covered of him. Somebody steals a car. He dies. The owner can come and take his car back, right? But if it was a car was given in a ribbis payment, okay, then maybe it really does belong to the other person. And the only reason that the kids would have to give it back is because of Kavra Vihem. So that's the idea that's going on here by ribbis. But anyway, the Gemara is saying that if it was the father himself, the other wouldn't have to give it back if it wasn't the, uh, you know, if it wasn't an embarrassment type of a thing. But it's only because, because of Takanas Hashavim. Uh, but, but talking about the kids to deal with the case about giving back the cow and the, and, and the talus. Yes. So, is this an application of uh, not only are you forbidden to charge me interest, I'm forbidden to pay you interest? That is true, but I don't know how that's relevant for this. Well, but, but, but that would cause a different statement with me simply having our car stolen. Oh, I see, because you're saying we both transgressed. Yeah. That's a good point. That's a nice point. Okay, um, okay. so now the Gemara tra- uh, digresses for a minute. Um, why do they have to care about their father, father's honor? Ikritan, the Nasi Ba'amcha Lo Ta'or, a Nasi in your nation you should not curse. So we say Ba'amcha means Ba'osemase Amcha. It's also playing the word Nasi Oseh. Ba'osemase Amcha. If he's acting like one of your people, so if you're, if the father was a you know was a was a guy who lent with ribbis, the kids aren't obligated to care about his honor. I don't understand why it's not also a question about the kids' honor. People are going to see them walking around with a ribbis cow anyway. No, no, no. In the case he did tshuva, you see how well that takanas hashavim worked. It got him to do tshuva. So, so that's why they have to care about their father's honor when he leaves them uh, when he leaves them over a cow. So that's the case here. Why is the cow still with them? 
You know, why didn't, why, why didn't the cow get returned? So they say, because we said you're not allowed to take a cow. Let it go. Anyway, but okay. The Gemara says, my guy, he should have returned it. He didn't get a chance to return it until he died. Uh, but, but, you know, again, what I was saying was only a little ironic. If you're really telling me that you did a Takanus Hashavim and you can't accept it back, then the reason it's still with him is because you're, you know, you're Takanus Hashavim. If Takanus Hashavim is crazy, you know, but okay. Anyway, we've got this idea that, uh, is that it sounds like, obviously the shot of this right is the father would have to return under all cases and it's a question about the kids and then cover the VM and so on whether the object is a concrete object or not but we're now saying that you never accept money back from a professional Ganiver Gosling or Malve Beribis so we have to say the father also you wouldn't accept it back okay let's do one more case Tashma come in here you see this read of Tosos works very well because here it really is talking about professionals uh, to, to prove whether we made it to Kansashavim to not take the money back even if they collected their money they still have to return it so the Gemara just says the word Gavu only applies to Malve Beribis what do you mean that they collected by a Goslin if, if he stole he stole if he didn't steal he didn't steal but there's no collecting Here's how you read it. Hagazlanim thieves, and who are the thieves? Who mind you? Malvikaribis, people who land with ribbis. That gets back to that issue I discussed before. Do you think somebody collecting interest, you look at them as stealing that money or not? But anyway, even after they collected the money, they have to return it. So you see, they return it. And you said that there was a takana that you don't take it back. Which, I, which is obviously what you would have to say even if you believe in this Takana Sashafim that they're supposed to return it you are not supposed to accept it okay because at least right that at least explains right to say that okay nobody ever has to return is crazy but if you sort of say now the dynamic makes a little more sense so that Takana Sashafim is really more directed at the receiver at the Ein Mekablin man and that was the original statement right the original statement was Ein Mekablin so now it makes sense this guy is coming to return we advise you not to accept you, now you can choose hey it's a thousand dollars I don't have a lot of money thanks to the advice rabbis I'm taking it back okay but we are advising people not to accept to smooth the path to tshuva so therefore there will be some people who will forego it and therefore it will be easier for them there will be some people who won't but some people who will and it also explains why it's a tshuva because he still has to come and try to return every object but to make it easier we're telling the people we advise you to say no okay so now the whole thing makes a little bit more sense okay so machzirin ve'en mikablin mehen elalama machzirin so why the machzirin let's say shidei shamayim because they have to be trying to do their real obligation vis-a-vis heaven otherwise what type of shuv it is and I would also add because then it also allows some people to agree to accept it might be ain rochachamim nochet but at least you could agree okay so let's just read one more case because this is very important because it gives some qualification to what we're saying. Tashma, haroim v'agabayim, shepherds and gabayim, uh, which are type of tax collectors, mochsim are different type of tax collectors, chuvatan kasheh. So they steal because they overcharge in their taxes and the shepherds go to maybe other fields. Very hard for them to do chuva. You know why, why is it hard for them to do chuva? Because they stole from too many people. And they don't know who they stole from. They stole from so many people they don't even know who. Okay? They can they give back the money to the people that they know they've stolen from. Okay? Now what they do to the people they don't know they've stolen from, we'll talk about in a minute. But anyway, you see, they give it back, and presumably the people accept it. 
So the Gemara says, no. Ami, Machvirim, they mekabalim mehen. Yeah, they try to give it back, but the people should not accept it. So the Gemara says, Alama Machvirim, so why are they giving back? Let's say, Shidei Shemayim. Yachri, if that's true, my Shiva son Kasheh. Why is it Shiva so difficult? She was very easy. I'm just saying, I'm giving back to anybody, and everybody has to say no. Oh, Amos Seifa, look at the end. Vishain Makir, and those they don't know, Yasev and Sarchei Tzibor. What they have to do is they have to make some contribution to the community. They have to uh, build a well or something, as we're going to say. Let them build wells and cisterns. Say, and put money that, ha- that benefits the entire community. So, Ella Lokasha, Kan Kodim Takana, Lakan Laachar Takana. Okay, oh, no, you know what? I was talking about before the Takana. Before the Takana, we would accept it. And they would, and then their Cuba would be difficult. Now we're talking about after the Takana. Okay, so we're going to end here. The Gemara is going to continue to figure out how far this Takana reaches but now we are saying that this Takana applies to professionals and at least what the Gemara sort of saying at the end is it doesn't mean they're not obligated to return they're obligated to return but everybody is told not to accept it okay which creates at least a dynamic which could make some degree of sense of how they could be doing a Tshuva and why the Tshuva would be meaningful and why we would have this type of a Takana this came up a lot in uh, you know with milk and stuff like that